Before we get into today's episode, I've created a short questionnaire that will help me get to know you better. Those that fill out the questionnaire will get entered into a draw to win an Amazon gift card. So there's a link in the description for the episode. Click it, fill out the questionnaire, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. Now for today's episode. This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and today I'm joined with Kunal Sani who is the founder and CEO of Kalkan Group which is essentially an equity research firm. So we're going to talk economy, stocks and a whole lot more. So Kunal, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks Mike. Thank you for inviting us. Highly appreciated. No problem. I thought we'd, we'd start with the economy because there's a lot of talk yeah. about it. It's everything from countries to globally. And I think a lot of people understand it or at least think they do. So talk to us a little bit about what the economy is and what we can do as individuals to actually improve it or manage it. Because there's a lot of talk of recessions happening every five or 10 years. And I think some people are a bit tired of it and just want to prevent all of that from happening. Yep. Yep. So... Uh, Mike, the UK is no different than any other advanced economy, okay? And um, and if you look at the multi-decade high inflation, low joblessness, expectations of the economy contracting over the coming quarters, and the central bank fighting um, using all monetary policy measures to cool down prices are elements that are present not only in the UK, but US, Canada, Australia. So we are are seeing this everywhere now that they're trying to increase the interest rates to calm down the economy um, or to calm down the inflation, to bring down the inflation. Uh, The biggest problem is that no one knows how to overcome these challenges quickly. Okay. So for example, the former UK PM introduced a mini budget to relax the tax regime to push economic growth. And um, yeah, it didn't end up well for Liz Truss and the mini budget, and which was very bad. And the market was not ready to accept that. And um, yeah, that was uh, not the best thing for the economy and for um, the UK economy overall. And the quick changes in the UK leadership from uh, uh, Mr. Johnson to Liz Truss to Rishi now, I think um, um, that's also has been a bit of challenge. And the Bank of England really wants to bring down the double-digit inflation rate. And in November, it resorted to the biggest rate hike in three decades, uh, due to which people will buy less mortgages, less homes, less cars. They will spend less money overall. And uh, right now, the UK economy is going through one of the most turbulent times ever. And um, and yeah, I'm going to say, if you look at the, 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 the business, the industry, they're all saying that the economy is going to shrink next year, and there are chance, uh, chances that we may even see stagflation in the UK, um, even though the term stagflation, which is a combination of economic stagnation and price inflation, is not mentioned much by experts, uh, but it is uh, becoming a haunting reality. And GDP in the country is unlikely to reach the pre-COVID level before 24, 2024. So... So yeah, things are a bit tough at the moment, and um, and um, and the public at large is bearing the brunt of negative forces. Ukraine war, high energy prices, uh, consumer spending on discretionary goods is going down. 
And for now, the positive is the unemployment is low, but um, but yeah, the recession, if it comes next year, then there will be job losses. So hence, um, you know, a lot of decisions on uh, Rishi Sunak to take care of. It makes me think, actually, that a lot of the time, they're trying to see if things will make a difference. They're trying to see if things will make a dent in the economy. And it's making me question things like, are they doing it because they think it will work? Or are they doing it even though they don't think it will? As you said, it's not something that people can really solve long term. But then, especially in the UK, the, the prime minister terms and things like that, they're not long term, are they? No one's going to be sat there as prime minister for 10, 20 years and gradually solve recessions or economy crisis and things like that. So I think a lot of the time we wonder if they're doing it, they're trying it almost to please us, to make it look like they're trying, make it look like they're actually trying to to solve it, even though deep down they know it's not really going to do anything. Um, uh, Mike, um, great question and a great, you know, a valid point that you have made. I think, um, um, yes, <laughs> what they're doing right now is they're trying a number of things, and um, and they're and they're hoping some of these um, things work. So, um, so let's talk about what you have just said and what they're trying and what's working and what's not working. So, so let's look at a few things. What um um uk can do i'm going to say lately we have been seeing um um you know um, about strikes in trains rail workers postal staff um um you know um i think nurses and ambulance crews are also looking at strikes in the uk besides rail workers and postal staff and border officials so there are a number of challenges where you know people want inflation is high and all these government workers uh, paid employees of the of the government they want to increase their wages but the challenges um uh, right now the government is not um in this position to increase the wages in fact the government argues that um um the pay awards okay um are our highest in the history um and um, and in the last 20 years the uplift the wages have seen is about five percent um so what they're saying is the numbers are looking really good but the treasury is saying that um these awards are higher than allowed for under current spending plans and and things along those lines so what the government is trying they're saying let's not increase the wages due to which we are increasing some strikes um, and due to which, um, you know, um, things are not looking um, right now that good. Let's see what else they're trying, okay? So the other thing um, is immigration, okay? UK um, um, has always been, you know, very good in terms of taking in refugees and taking in asylum seekers and um, um, and now I think Rishi Sunak is saying that, or what he's proposing, that anyone who comes to UK uh, from Albania or other safe countries without a visa should be returned to that country, um, you know, pretty quickly. So I think um, 
um, from an immigration perspective, again, UK is saying that we have plenty of people. We don't want any more people. And um, what he's saying is if you are without a visa coming to the UK, um, that is a NATO member and uh, an EU accession candidate, you know, then you will be returned there. Okay. So I think, so I've, I've spoken about two things here. One is increasing the wages. Uh, Rishi Sunak is saying no. One is uh, increasing the immigration intake. Rishi Sunak is saying no. So they're trying a number of things. Um, those things um, should help. But I think in the short term, um, the economy is going to struggle quite substantially. Uh, one of the issues that would keep building up you know, till we reach the next general election is the dipping popularity of the conservatives and the anti-incumbency wave. And this wave can become stronger if the country um, cannot overcome issues like high prices, plunging yeah. spending capacity of low and middle income household and weak regional economic growth. Uh, there are murmurs that conservative MPs are looking for safer seats and planning to abandon their current con uh, constituency to save their parliament membership in the next polls. So, so the other thing that we might see is the emergence of the Labour Party that might become stronger in such a scene. Uh, Rishi Sunak, um, you know, he's obviously the most powerful politician in the UK, um, not because people voted in his name, but because his party has backed his bid to be the PM. So, uh, right now, it's Rishi Sunak, but in the next election, you might see Labour becoming pretty strong. How does this compare to other countries? Because while I am personally based in the UK, we don't necessarily hear a lot of things that are happening outside of the UK. We're in this echo chamber, if you will. If anyone wants to go and figure out what things are happening abroad, usually you've got to go online to find those things. It's very sort of echo chamber friendly here in, in the UK. What yep. are other countries doing to, whether it's manage their economy or improve it? Okay, so let's talk about US because... Whenever you talk about UK, you talk about US. US obviously is a much bigger economy than the UK, but once again, a pretty developed economy. So let's talk about that. Um, the Federal Reserve on Wednesday raised its benchmark policy rate uh, by half a percentage points and signaled its, its intention to keep squeezing the US economy next year. As central banks on both sides of the Atlantic enter a new phase in the battle against inflation. At its final gathering of the year, the Fed Open Market Committee voted unanimously to increase the federal funds rate to a target range of 4.25% to 4.5%. And um, it, was, it was a step down in the pace of tightening that marked a month-long string of 0.75 percentage point increases. So what they're saying is that um, they were supposed to do 75 basis points. They've only done 50 basis points. So you can imagine that the U.S. really wants to quicken the interest rate hikes. And the pivot, which is happening to smaller rate rises, is likely to be followed internationally um, with the European Central Bank and the Bank of England, both poised to increase borrowing cost uh, by half a percentage point on Thursday. So um, I think one positive thing that the other countries are doing and which now UK is following is increasing interest rates by less than 50 basis points or 50 basis points. And um, in, a, in a press conference following the decision, you know, Fed Chair Jay Powell, he did say 
that um, they have covered a lot of ground uh, and the full effects of their rapid tightening are yet to be felt. So what he's saying is the next six months might be tougher than the last six months. That's what he's saying. And um, uh, Powell also, you know, he welcomed the reduction in a headline price growth in the US in October and November. Uh, but what he's saying is it will take substantially more evidence um, um, you know, to give confidence that inflation is on a sustained downward path. So, so I think what we will see from UK and from other countries that um, that you will see interest rates going up. Okay, they started, um, I think, increasing interest rates in December twenty one or in two thousand twenty one, and now you know they are going up. Um, um, you know, quite substantially over the next few months, uh, obviously much lesser than what they have gone in 2022. And, um, and um, yeah, I'm going to say what the Fed, the median estimate of the for the Fed funds by the end of 23. So I'm again repeating this is the end of 23, rose to 5.1% up from 4.6. So you can see that um uh, another 0 0.75 points um um you know rates to increase so another 75 basis points so that's I what it... that, yeah it, it it seems like there needs to be a bit of a, a question about the actual methods behind these things and as the the average person you may sit there and think well are they just playing around with ones and zeros and numbers in an attempt to balance them or maintain them given what the the country's spending is versus what the country's bringing in it's almost like accounting at a country wide level and then you've got people that are struggling financially their hope is that it's in some way tilted towards their favor you know if they're working more the interest rates going up they're hoping for a wage increase to be able to afford things like that and they weren't able to as, as an individual now as a country it might be great might be fantastic as a country but on an individual level some people have an easier time than others is this a call for a different method that maybe it's means tested or income tested similar to what the tax system is i imagine in a lot of countries the more money you supposedly earn after expenses then you're then taxed accordingly and i know there are loopholes and people have accountants that can do a decent enough job at, at managing things like expenses but is it time for something similar on a inflationary basis an expense basis because not everyone can afford it even with wage increases even with strikes there's no guarantee that their quality of life will even be maintained is there yeah mike very good question and you're you're right and you know at calkine um you know um we look at a lot of things when we talk about economy companies and one major theme that we have seen at calkine um, so just for your listeners, if anyone does want to go to Calkine's website in, in the UK, it's calkine.co.uk. And um, if they want to look at our media portal, it's calkinemedia.com. Um, we look at a number of things when we talk about economy. And I think 
one of the major things we need to look at is technology. Uh, you're right about you know looking at different ways to how things get done. But I think one of the big ways to look at this is um, tech. UK economy is one of the most, this is the good thing. Let's talk about some positives here. UK economy is one of the most technologically advanced thanks to the deep coffers of the government and a highly developed corporate landscape. UK has some of the top tech firms in the world. Um, and, and I think um, um, we have heard phrases like ABCD, which refers to artificial intelligence, blockchain, cloud computing, big data. I think we UK, if it can focus on these things in a much better way, the ABCD, um, you will see um, it can really complement the socioeconomic landscape of the UK, um, and um, and it will really help you know um, in terms of um, the weaknesses um, that we currently see in the economy um, um, to to cover up the current challenges that we are we are facing. So. So any technology, especially financial, you know, they they can help the public at large uh, when it comes to payments. Technology, you know, make remittances faster and cheaper. Swift is widely used in you know transferring money, um, and um, UK being one of the G seven countries with a new, young and an ambitious prime minister. I really believe what you have just said about how these things are taken care of. I think technology is the way forward. So um, whether it's the train workers or whether it is the uh, postal workers or whether it is the immigration workers, I think um, the UK government really needs to spend the money on tech, on technology. And I think that could really help the future. It does make sense from a advancement point of view, but if we double click on it a little bit and think, okay, let's say we did, let's say the technology side of things did become a bigger part in how the UK or even other countries, I mean, we focus on the UK just because that's where that's where I'm based, but everyone based, yeah. around the world is hoping that technology will will help us in more ways than hinder us there are some people out there that think that the robots are going to take over but i don't think we should talk about that today but i think yeah. in in a way we need to think of if it does happen what would happen and what's next and what can we do with the advancements and i think in some ways it comes down to where the advancements are like a lot of people get a bit doom and gloom when jobs will go down yeah. and the, the value of, of human life goes down because robots and technology are so much better at doing things than we are that we're almost redundant as as workers, which I think can be a good thing because we shouldn't really have to work ourselves to burn out and all the way down to the bone to live. Doesn't seem yep. to make sense if everything else can do it for us and ethically should we say so we're not like suffering as a result um i wonder if that's a a real future and from your perspective how do you think that would actually impact countries and the world financially as well because i imagine it would okay let's 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 
talk about a few things. Okay, so let's first talk about um, you know the challenges UK is currently facing. So UK inflation dipped to ten point seven percent in November as an easing in the rise in the petrol prices helped to lower the rate from a 41-year high of 11.1% in October. So I think, uh, Mike, the first thing we have to focus on is the challenge. The challenge we are facing in the UK is enormous. Inflation, um, I live in Australia. Inflation is high in Australia. It's about 7%, uh, but it's not 11%. Okay, and... Um, the challenges UK is facing are enormous. Um, so 11% is a 41 year high. Okay, that's humongous. Okay. Now, the figure that came out yesterday is much better than expected 10.9%. It's about 10.7, so which is a good news. Um, but here is the biggest challenge. Um, the fall in the rate will not ease the cost of living crisis. Okay, because uh, the level of prices has not dropped and the decline in inflation instead reflects some of the increases in, in prices a year earlier, uh, dropping out of the annual calculation. Okay, so basically a number of things whose prices went up, they just went out of the calculation. So it's a good number, but not exactly that we should be thrilled about. Okay, but um, if you look at what economists are saying is that a drop in core inflation, excluding energy, food, alcohol, and tobacco, okay, from 6.5% in October to 6.3% in November was a very positive sign that underlying price pressures were moderating. Okay. So once again, what I would say is that um, in terms of your question about tech, um, you know, can it help us? Can it not help us? So there's a famous um, saying by some of the venture capitalists that software is going to eat a lot of the jobs. And that's, we are seeing that happening. But that also shows that things can be done more efficiently. And that also helps um, a new generation of entrepreneurs to start new businesses with tech, which employs a number of people. So if we look at the shared economy, whether that is Uber or whether that is, um, you know, uh, food delivery services, we do see they generate a lot of employment. So the only thing I would say is, can inflation be tackled by tech? Um, I think the answer is yes, because if they can create more job opportunities when inflation comes down, because it will uh, it will be um, with a huge cost of um, unemployment. Currently, things are looking good in terms of employment numbers, but as inflation comes down, you will see unemployment uh, getting high as well. So I think technology can um, can really help us there. Is there a sense that the individual person needs to do more to be able to help with this as in maybe they start saving more maybe they start investing in the right places more about making your money work for you a little bit more rather than just increasing your standard of living which means you've got less left over to invest it's almost like you've got to manage your your life like a business in a way like if you can reduce your spending 
if your income is likely to go up or stay the same, you're still better off, not because you're earning any more, but because you're spending less. So what can the average person do to benefit themselves financially? Is it, is it investment? Is it just look, start spending less? Is it that simple? I think, I think it's a mix of things. I don't think it's just investment because a number of people invest in equities, um, and right now the equities are not doing that well. A number of people invest in property market and right now the property markets are subdued as well. Um, but yeah, I think um, it can help. Um, the investments can help in tackling these things if they have a consistent flow of income. So I really believe, yes, that can be done. Um, and once again, I really believe that if the individuals um, um can you know uh, work out a alternative source of income um, with regards to whether that is a rental income or dividends or things along those lines or um, having equities which give them decent growth i think that is something people can always look at in tackling inflation and um, i think that is something the investors really need to focus on and at Calcine, you know, we have an equities research business that um, that focuses on, you know, working on equities. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say we have seen people doing really well with equities, um, um, and getting that good those sustained dividends to help them um, throughout um, throughout these periods when the inflation goes up. So when inflation is ten percent, and you can get dividends of six to seven percent. You know that does help you quite a bit. Are dividends the best thing that you would suggest people do? Because a lot of markets have came down since the pandemic, and some of them seem to be struggling a lot more than others. Some of them are doing reasonably well. Is it dividends? Is it things that are more sustainable? And if you could point people in the right direction, just guide them a little bit. Where would you point them towards? Um, I think I think good solid businesses um, that um, that help people over a number of years, not just a few months, but they're solid and um, you know have been giving out dividends for a number of years. I think companies like those can be really helpful um, to to individuals. So I really believe you know dividends let's say anywhere from two to 6%, right? Um, can, and if, and if it's a good business, you obviously want them to be sustainable. You don't want these dividends to stop after a while. Um, so yeah, so whether it is a, a, a real estate investment trust or a property fund or, um, or an insurance company, Warren Buffett has done really well over the years on insurance companies, or whether it's an infrastructure company uh, with toll roads, with consistent income, or whether um, it is, um, you know, um, um, let's say a holding company holding a number of good businesses and pays good dividends, or whether it's a private equity business, um, who are very good at generating dividends for their shareholders i think i think i think we need to look at these kind of um businesses um 
you know, income real estate trusts, private equity funds, um, you know, other kind of funds, holding companies, which have good businesses and give good dividends so that people can really, you know, um, so if you look, some of these companies are paying dividends anywhere from 3% to 7 8%. And, you know, when inflation is high at 10%, um, these numbers can really help you. How can people actually learn about this? Because I get the feeling that education and being in and amongst the right information can make a world of a difference. The amount of people that could potentially save their current well-being and their current standard of life off the back of a couple of sure investments that pay reasonably well consistently that can essentially take the majority of the burden off them, if not all of it, if they do it right. Where can people find the information? Is it just a case of, look, you've got to Google it, you've got to get involved and you learn as you go? Or is there a way of speeding up the process for those that think, look, if I don't know enough, might hurt me more than knowing a little bit. Some people have this fear of knowing the wrong information, not knowing enough information, there's a lot of mental turmoil that goes in when people start thinking, okay, maybe investing is the way to go. How can people get a handle on this? So I'm going to say we are a, a financial technology, a financial research business, Mike. And we do this day in, day out. Just to give an example, in we have products in the UK um, for dividend income, for earnings, for IPO, uh, for gold, for healthcare, uh, and we cover research on a number of listed companies. So I think people need to have a look at products um, like ours that give them that research, that give them that information. Um, and I think that's how people can start. So for your listeners, if people want to go to our website, it's calkine, K-A-L-K-I-N-E dot go dot UK. Um, and they can, you know, look at our products and subscribe if they want. And uh, obviously similar to ours, there are other uh, analysts and other companies and other financial technology businesses, financial research businesses, um, who are also looking at covering these products as well. So, so I think somewhere people have to start. Uh, obviously, you can Google, as you said. Um, the only challenge is then people should be prepared to be doing their own research and looking at the companies and their historical track record and 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 looking at what things um, hold for them in the future. Now, I've heard that you didn't have the the best start, Canal. You didn't have the, you know, silver spoon type existence that some people tend to tend to look yep. at. What was it like for you getting started? I know we probably should have started here, but in a roundabout way, we'll, we'll probably finish there. How did you yeah. get, how did you get started and get involved with all of this? Because I've heard that it's not been all that great starting out. Yep. So, Mike, um, Calcine is a product of years of uh, endeavor. I'm going to say it has been nearly nine years that we are doing this. Um, we have, you know, tens of thousands of subscribers in uh, Australia, New Zealand, UK, Canada, US. And uh, the primary inspiration behind Calcine was to bridge the gap and maybe still exists because you're asking me this question uh, between the retail investors and the equity market. So, um, you know, initially we started in Australia and the market has developed a lot over the past decades, but there is yet 
so much to be done. Um, you know, equity investments is not some impulsive betting that people think, you know, uh, these decisions, um, uh, we really need to research, you need to read, and um, and then basically come out with some, you know, data for people to look at and then make their own decisions. And, um, and macroeconomic data is a huge part of it, like inflation, job growth, um, that really affects the stock markets. And, um, and we look at growth stocks, blue chips, mid caps, um, so that, you know, we can give all this information to people who are just starting out. So, so Calcline started in Australia. And then since then, we have launched in New Zealand, UK, Canada, US. And, um, and we really focus on data. We focus on technology, extensive research, um, so that we can give people, uh, you know, meaningful and reliable research that they can look at. And, um, and yeah, and plus we have a media platform that gives out free news and data to people. And um, yeah, past nine years, we have grown quite a bit. And now we are in six countries. And uh, on the media front, we are in about 20 countries. And, um, and we are working really hard in uh, giving people the access to um, the research, the media, and now we have launched uh, EdTech, uh, education technology platform. So as you said, we can educate people um, on all the things they need to learn about um, with regards to equity investments, uh, retirement planning, and so on. How about yourself, Canal? Were you always business-minded? Did you, I don't know, sell lollipops out of a a creator <laughs> high school whatever it is how, how did you start in business were you always that way so mike um, um i i'm obviously a bit self-motivated uh, in terms of um working on um on business and i love finance i love uh, technology and hence i'm in a fintech business um but no i was not selling lollipops but i was reading quite a bit so i'm a i'm a huge reader and um and um, I'm, I'm currently reading a book called uh, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Very, very good book to read. Highly recommend it to your listeners. Um, the other one I'm uh, uh, reading is uh, Discipline is Your Destiny. So if you can, and again by Ryan Holiday, another. So if you look at both the books, you know, that will tell you a bit about me that you have to be disciplined. You have to deal with obstacles. Um, it is not easy. It's very, very tough. Uh, but, but yeah, you have to just keep at it and just make sure things, um, with your persistence, things eventually work out. I imagine your ability to read actually helps you in the financial side of things and not just, you know, your ability to take the time and take the mental energy to do it. You've got to be able to concentrate for a long time to be able to look at patterns, notice things and I imagine readings actually had the uh, a positive impact on that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say I, I love reading. I think that is one thing which I absolutely love. I try to finish about two about two to three books a, a month. That's what I try to do. Uh, most of them are um, in some way looking at finance or motivation or business um, and things along uh, those lines. And um and I think that really helps you to look at um, at look at things in a different way. So, and I think that's where um, that's where 
a lot of these ideas that we get, um, um, you know, with regards to equities and technology, they really come by reading more and more. So this interview will likely go out around February. So I wonder what is next year going to be like for you? Do you have anything in the planning in the future? What direction are you going to take the company? So we are looking at launching, uh, really expanding our education um, tech platform. Um, and it's called caledtech.com. And um, we really want to launch it in the UK and in Canada, in North America. So we are really, really working on that. Okay, so so we have a research service, we have a media service. Now we really want to get into the education technology business and we really want to work on that. And as you have seen, the cost of living has gone up. So um, we really want to work on an aggregation business, uh, which helps with the um, uh, comparison of energy prices, mobile, um, and so on. So we really want to help people in educating uh, people and plus help them with um, the comparison for their day-to-day needs. You've mentioned the websites that people can go to find out more about CalCan and get involved should they wish to. Are you on social media as well? If people wanted to follow you, get to know your world a little bit more, where can they go? Yeah, so calkine.co.uk, that's our research business, calkine, K-A-L-K-I-N-E.co.uk. And for the media, it's calkinemedia.com. And they can go to both these websites. And on one, you get absolutely free news information about what's happening around the world in the business. Um, And uh, the other one is a subscription service where people can subscribe and look at our research. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others, and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining me, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Wonderful. Thank you, Mike. You have a very, very good day.